Life After Christ is our final session. This session promises to be very, very interesting. Let's listen with all attentiveness as we end. Mr. Fori, I would like you to tell us how your work with Christ has been so far since your salvation experience. And are there any lessons so far you've learned and would like to share with us? Thank you very much once again. Um, my ex- my life after Christ um, has been probably the best one I've had so far in the sense that um, after coming to this street, okay, my life after Christ has basically been about an increase in my faith in Christ. Um, all these times, um, as I'm having my devotion, as I'm listening to speakers and preachers, it's just a matter of just increasing my faith in Him. And He has also led me to points where, um, currently or now, I always want to be in His presence. I, I, I don't want to leave His presence. I always want to be in, in, in service in His house. I want to do something for Him. And I want to share something small. You know, sometimes when you are walking through the phase of life as a Christian, you definitely come across um, instances where people would ask you, um, what is your favorite verse or what is your favorite verse? And my, I, I, at first I used to have a favorite verse, but then that was back then as I was going through those cycles of I'm a Christian, but then I didn't know him that much. I'm a Christian, but then it got to a point where I was doubting. I used to have certain verses, um, certain, you know, favorite verses. But then this time around, when I came to this street, he he actually led me to a favorite book. And it's been wonderful, especially in this past one. I've read over it um, a couple of times. And that's that's the book of Luke. So when you read the book of Luke, um, the opening um, um, sentences from Luke to flows. Um, he says, Inasmuch as many of you, many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled amongst us, just as those who, who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good for me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent flows, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. And this basically sums up how my life after Christ has been. It has basically been about, you know, going through the Bible, going through um, scriptures, going through, you know, anything concerning the Bible, sermons. And then the, the Lord just cementing my faith in him. And um, I would like as well, when we come to, you know, the salvation power of Christ, that we ought to devote ourselves to um, to God. We ought to do, devote ourselves to to Christ, to, to fellowship with Christ. And if you really want to understand the things in which you, you, you believe in, your fellowship with him will lead you to certain points where your faith would increase. So this has basically been in life and it's been a wonderful experience that I, I pray and hope that all listeners who come to Christ would also get to the point where they, they just want to be in their presence and, and worship him at all times. Thank you.
Thank you, Mr. Furi. Miss Hayford, we also like to hear from you. What are your lessons so far? And also, how has your work with Christ been? Um, in Christ or my experience with Christ or lessons learned, I think um, God is amazing. God is a very, very nice person. And that's if you come to really know him and know his heart. But um, a lot of times we really don't know his heart or we don't know what he wants to do or what he's trying to say to us. That's when we come and we tend to worry and veer off. But um, in as much as God is a very nice person, see, when I was um, beginning my Christian work, I didn't. I used to say God is a nice person, but my definition of niceness or the fact that God is good wasn't um, very accurate. I thought because God is good, then it means that perhaps it's all sweetness. And truly, it's all sweetness, but then there are certain things that God will take you to. There are certain prunings that God will take you to because even as you are, um, there are certain um, things that you have which God might not be pleased with. And so because he loves you, he would want to take those things away. But sometimes those um, things that he takes you to are quite difficult. And so, and it makes me love God very much more because um, in as much as he loves you and he cares about you, he doesn't watch you go into sin or he doesn't watch you be your um yourself be your um inadequate self but he tries to help you even though it also hurts him as well and so i um identify with this verse proverbs chapter 3 verse 12 it says that for whom god loves he corrects just as the father the son in whom he loves and so i when i shared my experience i talked about this particular neighbor and my friends and it was it wasn't easy but then god led me god helped me to actually forgive this particular neighbor because it was very difficult so god helped me to forgive this particular neighbor and even though i had never i never met her again after the experience i never met her deep down in my heart i have no bitterness or resentment towards her i pray for her sometimes that god will deliver her as well and lead her to Christ and also my classmates I pray for her I used to see her back on campus but not here so I used to pray for her that God will also save her as well and so God is a very good person he helps us in our weaknesses he loves us so much but you should know that um, God also helps us to become better and so in my christian work i have seen god humble me in lots of ways because it got some time i was so proud especially um i was proud of my love for god because each time people hear me talk each time people see me and i talk about the fact that i love god it was with so much pride and there was some sincerity in my voice so people were wondering and they were there was so much awe and so it made me have such some pride in me. I thought I was the only one who loved God and all that. But God humbled me in um, in the house when we're in during the COVID time. And then he showed me, he told me plainly, like confronted me that Adra, you don't really love me as much as you do. And in many, many ways, he showed me that. And so God is a very good God. And I like that about him because he will not watch you do things which are not right, but then he will correct you and he loves you. So he corrects us in love. He helps us in our weaknesses. It's all that we could ever find in a person. And so we, I thank God that he teaches me day by day and he helps me in my weaknesses. And he's, he's all that I can ever 
get in a person or a God. And so I thank God for counting me worthy to know me, to save me, and to walk with me. Amen. Amen. God bless you both. You've been a blessing to us this evening, and I'm sure our listeners will also attest to the fact that they've been blessed immensely by your experiences. So after the salvation experience, the story doesn't end there from what we've learned from you two, that we ought to devote ourselves to Christ regularly. It doesn't end just at salvation. And also, the life after Christ is not devoid of challenges, and God corrects us in love and helps us in our weaknesses, for we are not perfect. Sadly, we are the tail end of our Limitless podcast session, but before we leave, we would like to listen to a testimony from Miss Ojiva Esther Abe.
Thank you very much, um, Miss Abna. Um, my testimony of salvation is a very interesting one. For a very long time, I like to believe that I was one who didn't need salvation, but God works in mysterious ways all the time. Um, having listened to our panel, I really resonate with their, their stories a lot because I find that mine is not too different from that. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. All my life, I tried to be a good girl, do what I have to do, make mommy and daddy happy, study very hard where necessary, avoid bad company, all of that. So it was like, you know, living a perfect girl life, one that makes your parents very proud. Um, in high school, I did have a very good spiritual foundation. Um, we were encouraged to see God and all of that. But there was still something missing. There was this hunger, this longing deep down in the pits of my soul that I couldn't really quantify. I couldn't even, I just didn't know what it was, but I knew there was something missing about the Christian experience. Um, my turnaround came about a, a little less than a year ago. And for me, I guess it was an answer to a prayer I'd been praying for a very long time. But this answer came in a way I did not expect at all. So you know how you're always praying, God, I want to see you. God, use me. God, break me. You know, but sometimes we are really not ready to go through the process of being broken down, being reassembled for God's use. And that was the point I got to. And God used the most unexpected situation to turn my life around. And the most amazing thing about it is that he didn't just turn my life around, but he turned the lives of my family and all those who got to hear this testimony. So about a year ago, my dad took ill with um, what we all thought was a, a stroke, you know, and having the little medical background that I had, I sort of needed a prognosis. It wasn't very bad. The location was okay. Well, it, was, it wasn't it was okay. It was bad, all right. But then it was one that would leave him with minimal deficit. So we're okay, you know. And this does the thing about having, sometimes you having a little knowledge in the medical field sort of affects your faith in a bit because you're always looking out for signs and symptoms and you forget to go down on your knees and pray. So weeks turn into months, we're still going up and down trying to find the solution. And well, let me just go back a few years back, just something small. Um, my dad is also a Christian. He's always been, you know, the man who goes to church. He does what he has to do and all of that. But I guess you never really know what is beyond what a person will show you. People only show you what they want you to see. So, um, well... The story takes a very interesting turn because we had gone up and down from hospital to another, from one prayer home to another, this person prophesying this, this person revealing this to you, but then there was really not a solution. And it was through this experience that God changed my life. It was through the sorrow, through the pain, through, you know, seeing my dad's life slip away and not being able to save him. And then the fear of knowing, of not knowing what lies beyond death. I think that was the turning point for me. Because most of the time we're so busy living life that you really don't think about what happens when there's no life anymore. 
So um, his situation had gotten terminal. Um, what we initially thought was a stroke had turned in out to be something worse than that, something unimaginable. A healthy man who was who had his whole life before him was now bedridden, unable to talk or walk or do anything for himself. A simple stroke had turned into a glioblastoma multiform, is a stage four astrocytoma with a very, very bad prognosis. I remember sitting in the doctor's office and hearing her tell us that he has just a few weeks or months to live. It's, it's not much. And I was wondering, how did this even happen? Where did we go wrong, honestly? So through this experience, I just decided to just draw close to God because, mind you, someone who initially thought medicine could answer the problem was now faced with something that medicine didn't have any solution to. So I really had no other option but to go back to God. Um, God really changed my life through this experience. And my dad, as I, as I mentioned at the point, he couldn't talk or walk. Um, we, had we had been discharged from the hospital. Um, we came home just waiting for the final day when he was just going to take his last breath and everything would be over because we knew that it was just going to get worse with time. Um, before that, I had decided to give my life to Christ wholly because um, I had one or two encounters with God. It was an amazing experience. I'd been praying and seeking the face of God concerning this issue, and I really didn't know what to do. And I had a dream one day, and I could I knew this was God leading me. This was God telling me what to do. And I remember going to my pastor and calling him, and I said, Pastor, this is the dream I had. What does it mean? And before that, um, I'd heard of people saying, you know, um, I opened my Bible and God gave me a verse. So I saw God speaking to me through the scriptures. I'm like, okay, that's nice. When is that going to happen? Because sometimes I take my Bible, I close it and I say, God, lead me. And I open it and it opens to something completely unrelated to my situation. So I woke up in the middle of the night. I was panting, gasping for breath. And I decided to try this prayer because I really needed to hear from God. Um, and when I open my Bible, it's open to Second Corinthians chapter four, verse sixteen. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Um, this was the verse that God gave to me in the middle of the night, the day I woke up. And I didn't understand it. I thought it meant probably my dad was going to die and God was just telling me that, you know, don't worry. What you can see is temporary. You're probably going to see him in heaven one day. And I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I'm really not ready. So I prayed. I woke up the next morning and I called my pastor and I told him, this is, this is it, explain to me because the devil is giving me his interpretation. I don't want to accept it. And he told me, he was just quiet on the phone for some time. And he told me the first time I came to him and I told him about my dad, he committed a week to praying and fasting about his situation. And this was the very same verse that God gave him. And I was like, wow, this is by no means a mistake. This had to be. And he told me, I had a role to play in my dad's healing. I wasn't allowing myself because the devil kept reminding me of my sins, making me feel like I wasn't worth it, making me feel like I wasn't worthy. And 
really, the Bible tells us that it's really not by our works that any man should boast. Nobody is too perfect. Nobody is spot on for God to use. We, there's this saying that goes on every all the time. They say God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So you shouldn't think that, you know, you need to get to a certain place before God can finally accept you. He likes you just the way you are. So he prayed with me on the phone and encouraged me to completely give myself to Christ. And I think one thing that always stood in the way of my salvation or me allowing myself to be used was the fact that I felt like my sins were too many. People had seen me in a certain light and allowing myself to not be that kind of person and allowing God to take the reins was just too much for me. But eventually I had to do because honestly, I knew that if I wanted to see my father live, I had to give myself to God to use me. So, well, there's a lot of, there are so many details, but I'm just going to fast forward to me coming back home and meeting my dad. So I, I'd left Kumasi after my baptism, came to Accra, wondering, okay, God wants to use me. How? How is this going to happen? Am I going to get home and all of a sudden the angels are going to appear in the sky and sort of touch my hand and I'll touch my dad and he'll start walking? How is it going to happen? I came home and just seeing him broke me down because this was not the, the image I'd known all my life. You know, my superman, my superhero was completely dependent on me, unable to do anything for himself. We're praying, still trusting God. Went to the hospital, came back, found out the diagnosis, long, many things in between. And then one day I was talking to him. So I decided, I told God that I didn't know what my purpose was, but what I wanted to do was to spend every moment reminding him of his faith and just speaking to him, encouraging him, praying with him. So one day we're doing that and he started talking. I was just telling him about, you know, my baptism story, how God changed my life, just speaking to him. And someone who couldn't talk started talking. It was the most amazing thing I had ever seen in my life. So unbelievable. And the first few words he, he told me were, make sure you do not lose your salvation. And then he started weeping and crying about how he had wasted so much time and he had, you know, he had made so many mistakes in his life, but then it's never too late. And once he's alive, there's there's always a chance for him to go back. And he was talking. I called my mom and I called my sisters. I'm like, mommy, come in, come and see. Daddy's talking, see what he's saying. Next thing we realized, he was describing a place. It felt like he wasn't in the room with us. He was somewhere else. From my analysis, I really think he had, he had been to heaven because he started giving a real life commentary of the things that he was seeing. He was, his eyes were bright, shiny, you know, his smile, so beautiful. I mean, he wasn't even looking at us. He had fixed his gaze up to something that we couldn't see. He was interacting with people that we couldn't see. And he was at the same time telling us the things that he could see. And he referred to my mom as my precious sister. And my mother was like, oh, am I not your wife? He's like, no, you're not my wife. You're my precious sister, you know, because in heaven, there's no marriage. So at that point, he wasn't seeing my mother in her physical being here on earth, but then he was seeing her in a different dimension. And at that point, I was just praying that, God, I don't want to lose him. God, please. And I remember asking him two questions. First, I asked him, um, Daddy, will you be here for my graduation? I Like I was pleading with him. And he said, he wants. And I kept being, I said, Daddy, will you be here for my wedding? He's like, it's difficult. At that point, 
I didn't even know how to how to react to this. I didn't know. I was I was just so sad. At the same time, I was happy for him because he didn't he really didn't look like he wanted to come back. And I remember asking him, Daddy, we beg, can you please stay a little longer? And then he he literally stopped. It was like he was looking beyond something. He stopped for a few seconds. All this time he wasn't looking at me. He stopped for a few seconds, turned, and he's like, for what? <laughs> and at that point, it was it was it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Later that night he fell asleep. He was weeping in his sleep. We were praying and everything. Woke up next morning, he was alive, thankfully. And I remember him 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 telling us that, you know, um, he was weeping because after being shown all these things, the angel of God told him that he couldn't be accepted there because he had bypassed salvation, you know, and he was only being given a foretaste of what the place is like, but he couldn't be accepted there because he hadn't um, met the requirements that were needed for one to be accepted in this beautiful place and that's what made him cry and then I remembered seeing him just lying in bed and just crying unprovoked and it all made sense to me at that point it made sense to everybody and at that point he said he doesn't want he's seen the ultimate you know and what he told us was that for most in fact for all of us we are worshipping an unseen God you know trying to we, we worship God by faith not something that we've experienced physically, something that we grew up hearing, something that we came to accept for ourselves. But for him, he had seen the ultimate, so no one could convince him otherwise. And that was where he was starting from. So his, he, he wanted to get baptized. Everybody who heard his testimony from my sister to my mother to as many people that heard his story just rushed the water. They said, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be a new person because there's really no way that you could be there if you don't go through the salvation process and that's why Jesus Christ died for us because his ultimate will is for us to have eternal life with him and this has been a life changing experience for not just my family members, not just myself but as many who have listened to this as well God bless you so much, Amen God bless you so much Miss Abbey we've learned so much from your story you don't need to be spot on perfect to be used by God. You don't need to be spot on perfect to be used by God. What is your salvation story? Have you shared it with your friends, your roommates, your classmates, your parents, your siblings? What are you waiting for? Pick up your phone, walk to that room or walk to that bed and share your story. God bless you all for joining us this evening and don't forget to share the limitless love of God with your loved ones. Thank you.